The American Popular Songbook, all the great songs of Cole Porter, Irving Berlin, the Brothers Gershwin, Rogers and Hart, those songs from the 20s and on, those songs have endured. Popular singers have come along generation after generation, but they've come and gone. The songs have lived on. One of the keepers of the American Popular Songbook, he's been singing since the 1940s, since some of these songs were actually brand new. And they're always brand new when they're performed by Tony Bennett. Lady Gaga came along in recent years as a sensation of what she called art pop. Spectacular. But people didn't realize that behind all the sometimes kinky but spectacular shows she was doing was the heart of a jazz singer since she was a child. And she's going to talk about that with me, as will Tony Bennett. Here on Singers Unlimited, here on WBGO, Michael Bourne with you. Hello. Hello. Hi, Michael. I'm sorry. We're in Australia. The phones don't work here. (laughs) I think it's, you know, the drains go backwards, too. So, you know, I mean, it's very weird down there. So I'm glad. It's bizarre. There's water in my phone and there's little sharks coming out of it. It's very Aussie. Well, lovely, (laughs) lovely to talk to you and lovely to see you in, in Montreal. It was, yes, I, I was so happy to see you. It it was a remarkable performance in a way, and maybe it's too heavy to talk about right at first, but Lush Life is a hell of a song. And it's a oh. song, you've talked so much about the telling, you want to tell a story, you're telling the, the story of jazz when you're singing jazz. You're telling the story of all the music that you perform. What is the story of, of this music that you're singing now with Tony Bennett? Well, you know, I started singing jazz when I was really very young. I was maybe 13 years old. And I had been listening to it with my mom on Sundays. She would always play Billie Holiday on Sunday. So then around 13, you know, that's when I discovered Ella Fitzgerald. And I started to uh, go out down the street. There was a a boys' school where they had a jazz band, and I would audition to sing in it, and they, they loved my jazz voice, so they would have me sing a lot of songs. Uh, so then I learned a lot more about the Great American Songbook. But I had a wonderful teacher, Mr. Phillips. He came to me one day and he said, you know, you really got to sing this song. He said, I just think you could really sing the hell out of this song. And I, I, uh, he played it for me and he sort of sang it to me on the piano. And it was Billy Strayhorn, Lush Life. And I was just a kid. So, you know, I didn't really understand what the song was about. And I didn't, uh, you know, I'd never really heard such an intricate, uh, complex, melodic line like that before. But I started to cry. And I got very emotional when he played it for me. And I loved it. And I, I then listened to all the different versions of it and tried to, you know, uh, create my own and just improvise with the song as much as I could. But it wasn't until 15 years later, now in this moment with Mr. Tony Bennett, that I, I started to sing the song in the studio. And, and I just, I, I, I cried again. And it was the same tears, except for this time I knew exactly what the song was about. And, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say to answer your question is the story began a lot long ago, but 
that's because I fell in love with music before I can even remember having my first thoughts. And then now, returning to jazz, it's like returning to my true nature, and I'm able to truly look at my life and myself and how I've changed. And, uh, you know, the way uh, Tony answers me on the album with Sophisticated Lady, he says, smoking, drinking, never thinking, of tomorrow, nonchalant. You know, those lyrics. He's communicating with me about the first time that he heard me sing a song where my true nature was very exposed to him. And the truth is that I am quite tortured on the inside. And I go up and down, and I think a lot of artists do. I think that sort that sort of is the complicated thing about being a musician, is that the thing that makes you, you know, really creative and really great is also the thing that, you know, gives you nightmares and... I feel connected to, you know, every artist that has sat at a bar and stared into the moon and asked, why Why do I feel so sad? Why do I feel so lonely? And then have written a song or, or you know, arranged some music for a friend. It's like that song connects me to, like, generations and generations of of artists and souls. And I'm very grateful to Tony that he's made me feel so comfortable, you know, Michael, in this situation that I'm able to be that way. I've never been so vulnerable in a studio. I used to visit all the very gay places Those come what may places where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life To get the feel of life From jazz and cocktails The girls I knew had sad and sullen gray faces With distinct traces that used to be there You could see where they'd been washed away By too many through the day Twelve o'clock days Tony always talks about the, the art of singing the popular songbook is the art of intimate singing. And, yeah. and, and a song like Lush Life, when I was listening to you in the soundcheck and I told you that there was this one phrase you did that was just so penit- you know it was so right it was so touching and then you have to do that on a stage with a thousand two thousand people listening in a big hall and everything to create that intimacy still with all those people in that enormous space and that's still really the that's the art that's the craft really and have you learned that well that's what you have song? to do yeah. you must i mean in order to for me, in order to really sing jazz the right way, like Tony's saying, in that intimate way, it's when you're singing to one person. And if you're singing those lyrics, I mean, when I sing Cole Porter lyrics, and that note, if it's hitting in my own body, in the vibration, in the right way, where it's really coming out of my spirit and my soul, you know, that's when we start to cry. And it's not even, the, you know, the audience. And the audience is just, you know, 
really witnessing a conversation between Tony and I. And then they remember, oh, no, they're talking to me. And then that's the whole, that's the thing about art. Art, ultimately, for me, is all about interaction. And if you can make somebody feel something very strong by interacting with them, by telling them this story. And I can't help it when I sing that song. I actually can't help <laughs> help it when I sing any song with Tony now because, you know, I didn't realize how much more I loved singing jazz and singing pop music <laughs> until Tony called me. I, I, it's like I forgot. It's a totally it's different really, dynamic, yeah. It's powerful. There's, you know, I don't got anybody sitting around me telling me we should put auto-tune on this vocal or we should make it sound more electronic or, you know, this is the new thing now. It's none of that. It's actually Tony, like, with a sword and a shield standing around me going, don't you, you tell her what to do. You just put that mic on and let her sing, and I'll tell you which one's her best take. Yeah. And, you know, and that is an invaluable lesson and moment for me in my life right now you know it's you know you've been in the business for for years I'm sure you know the difference it's like it's very hard to be a female recording artist to be a female artist period and somebody like Tony is like a true gentleman it's I've I've waited a life the first lifetime of my music for someone like him to come along and say okay I'm going to show I'm going to show you how it's done Tony Bennett is the nicest guy in show business. And He's so nice. Oh, my gosh. And so are you. You are really, really nice. And, and I kept telling that to people. She's so nice. And it's true. But, you know, well, I feel the same way about you, Michael. You know, I just hope to I mean, I lo- I'm so appreciative that we're doing this, uh, you know, this article together. But I hope I get to see you more as oh, yeah. well, you know, and because Tony just speaks so highly of you. The the wonderful thing is is that he's you know the jazz aspect of it is that when you're singing these songs when when I see you performing one of your big songs at like Birdland and not I mean Roseland at Roseland right I mean it's very choreographed it's spectacular it's it's all energetic and powerful but when you're singing a song like this any of these songs that you're singing on this album you sing them differently every time it's not specific like you do it this way and this way and this way. It's it's not re- right. It's not redone. It's always it's not new. calculated. It's always new. Yes. Well, that's that's how I was. You know, I guess I don't know. I, it's weird to say that's how I was taught how to sing jazz because I didn't really have a jazz vocal teacher. I don't know that. I think I would say my jazz vocal teacher was Ella Fitzgerald, you know, and Billie Holiday, and maybe Judy Garland. But you, uh, you learn you know, from it, them how to it, phrase, you know. Well, you know, I I just listen to the greats, and you know, you that's how you learn is you listen to the greats, and you, and when I would when I watch Ella sing, you know, in those old videos, it's like she sings with her whole body, and yet there's this kind of calm thing that comes over her, which is you know, like super advanced like performance technique, like that was so long ago, and I think about all the things that have happened since jazz, you know, like in the art world, like with, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Stanislavski method and, and, you know, relaxing yourself as a performer on stage. You know, I'm not sure that those sorts of things were like, you know, really big and talked about back then. And like, she just naturally was that way. You know, she just relaxed her whole body and then felt her heart beat. 
and then felt how that heartbeat was affecting the way she, the, the thoughts she had in her mind, and then she would just sing. And so when it would come out, it was like her whole body was singing to you. So I, I would always listen to to the greats, and when I, you know, when I sing now, it's you know, if you're a great jazz singer, I think it's when you're able to really communicate with you know, your your quartet or your quintet or and and maneuver within the instruments as if as if you are another because you you truly are. The the voice is an instrument. So, you know, if you think about how the horns phrase and how the horn arrangements are so different, you know, the way things are transposed, the way that it communicates with the music, once you start to understand all of that, you can really improvise with them. And I can just look at the guys while we're singing and we kind of just know, but I'm, it's, it's sort of like, I'm going to go here, and you're going to go there, and, and then I'm going to meet you back here. I don't know if I'm explaining myself quite right, but it's it's like a, it's like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz for me every time I sing, you know, and it's just taking different yellow brick roads, and I love singing jazz. It's fantastic. It's, I don't work very well with with restrictions, generally. as a per, I'm very rebellious. Tony will tell you. He's always laughing at me because I'll say something very rebellious or do something crazy, and he laughs at me. But it's when I have restrictions, I go crazy. So Tony, you know, he he took away all my restrictions, so I can just I can sing whatever I want. I can I can sing improvisational jazz. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked down as something shocking. Now heaven knows anything goes. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words writing prose. Anything goes. The world has gone mad today, and good's bad today. And is blank today, and black's white today. Heaven knows anything goes nowadays or so it seems. Anyone who's seen Lady Gaga performing the art pop tour feels that. But she's singing jazz now and wants to sing more and more the American popular songbook like much more songs of Cole Porter with Tony Bennett. You being a piano player, also, you're aware of the the complexity of the harmony in a Cole Porter song or an Irving Berlin song or a Duke Ellington song, that there's so much underneath all of that. And and yet yes. it's within that you are still also blowing on the changes, as it were, like any jazz musician does. You are improvising well, you even with to. the words. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do that. Yeah. I do that, too. <laughs> I sometimes feel bad about doing that. When I listen back, I go, oh, why did I do that? Who do you think you are thinking you can sing a better lyric than Cole Porter? But, you know, then I remember that I was having a moment, and, you know, Cole Porter would want me to have a moment. It's it's that, you know, when you write your songs, you are creating. When you are singing a Cole Porter song or an Irving Berlin song or Duke Ellington song, you are recreating. You are, you are, you are yeah, re- uh, you know? You're telling their story That's your a way. Vehicle. Yeah. Yes, it's like a. I feel like a vehicle, like a, like a tunnel, from the past, and I feel of you know a really. It's a really high honor to sing the Great American Songbook with Tony because, you know, he wouldn't sing it with someone that he didn't think was any good. You know him. He you know. I do. He he can tell he you can you can he'll tell you in four bars if somebody can sing. 
He, you knocked him and, out. I mean, he's, he talked about how much you love the music, not just how beautifully you sing the music, but how much you love the music. And that's what matters oh, to Oh, I him. love it. Tony, you know, he's an artist. He's a real artist. So, you know, the art side of me, too, the, the person that's obsessed with, like, you know, modern art, and I do those performance art pieces where, you know, we, it's almost like a seance where we're channeling the artists that have come before us. Uh, to be there when we're doing these these uh, performance art installations, you know, th- I feel that same thing when I'm with Tony. It's like when we're in the room together. I just feel the souls of, you know, every jazz singer that came before him, and and I, I'm really truly asking them the whole time that I'm there. I'm saying, you know, like as humbly as I can look, like I know I haven't shown the world that I can do this yet, but maybe if I can show you you'll give me a sign that it's okay that I'm doing this because you know that it really means something to me to to honor jazz and to bring it to the younger generation and to make Tony as proud as I can. I was seeing your interview with Anderson Cooper and you were talking about trying to get the audience to pay attention to this or that sometimes it's a social message or it's an emotional message in a song or a story that you're singing but what do you want this audience and you have an audience now that listens to your music knows you loves you but they're hearing music even though these songs have been around for decades they haven't heard Cole Porter before you're you're, right you know what do you want them to get out of this well I have you know there's a few different messages but I would say the one that I find to be like the most universal message the one that really truly connects Tony and I and also connects the fans with us through the music and the composers and the songs is that at any point in your life whether you're young or you're old or you're somewhere in between you, you can always return to your true nature and your true nature will always be the most beautiful part of you because we're artists we want to create things we want to make them beautiful but they can never be as amazing truly as a real tree or a real mountain or the real ocean and what I have found in singing jazz with Tony is that there's a part of me that is just my nature, that is not part of my art really in any way. It's just who I am and the same way that it is for him. And I want people all over the world to know that no matter where they have come to in their lives, what they've become, how they've changed, go back to that first glimmer of passion for a moment and strip everything else away. Return to your true nature and you will be so revived in your life and it will be the most beautiful part of you you will be so shocked there was a boy a very strange enchanted They say he wandered very
I'm Michael Bourne. I'm getting cheek to cheek with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. The latter called me while on tour in Australia. When did you first hear Tony singing this music? Oh, well, I mean, since I was a little bitty, you mean these songs? I mean, or I the... mean, did you hear Tony when you were first hearing Ella and Billie Holiday and being excited yes, by them? Yes, of course I did. Tony was a staple in the Germanata house, as well as Frank, you know, and, and we listened to a lot of duets. I loved listening to duets, which I think is interesting, because now, you know, we're doing a collaborative album. Oh, I mean, I'm such a huge Tony Bennett fan. When when I found out that he wanted to meet me, my mother and I screamed. We were backstage at the Robin Hood event for the impoverished people in New York, and my mother and I were in a trailer, and we screamed, and we started to fix our hair, and my father started laughing and shaking his head. And we we ran to meet Mr. Bennett, and oh my gosh, it was the most wonderful thing. I cried when I introduced him to my grandmas at the uh, PBS event. You know, it was like the proudest moment. It, you know, it's funny that you, you, know, you mentioned all of the things in my past, because the truth is, when I first started making records, it really wasn't the thing, my jazz singing or my, you know, singing at the piano, that was not the thing that record labels were drawn to about me. They were drawn to the kind of like trendy, edgy pop songs that I was writing for other people. And so that's how I broke through. Uh, And then, you know, Adele came out and then everyone sort of pulled me aside and said, okay, so why don't you do that now? And I said, well, hey, now, I'm not just going to I'm not just going to change everything and abandon this artistic journey that I've gone on because now it's trendy to sing, you know? Right. I'll sing when I'm ready to sing. It's fascinating to me because having seen some some of your shows and, and, and see you do something so art pop and spectacular, and yet in in a couple of times when I've seen you, in the middle of all that, you would just sit down at the piano and it would just be you playing and singing and it would be transformative. It would be, you know, there's the shock either of, oh, let's see what how spectacular and wild and, and beautiful and crazy this can be. But then there's the surprise that comes when you pull somebody like into your heart, into your soul, like you were doing in some of those songs, some of your own songs like that. Thank you. I, you know, I think, I think especially the, the ballads that I've written for the albums, will be the ones that I will I'll always really truly cherish. You know, I think um, you know, Speechless, the song I wrote about my father, um, which uh was on the Fame Monster. That was the album that I won uh well I won Grammys for two of my records, but I, I won for that one. And uh also for you uh, and I that song and uh, Yeah, that's Dope, a wonderful song. A, a wonderful song. And you know, it, it I think what the the thing that sometimes people don't realize, which because I don't always explain it, is that you know decadence and in the underground community, you know, and that sort of it's called you know bawling, and sort of these theatrical parties. This is something. This is a culture that still exists, and it's it's very very strong, and it's where I was living when I first came out. So it's you know part of my love of putting on a show is paying homage to that living the glamorous life without any money, <laughs> you know, this, this, the starving artist that lives glamorously. And, you know, that sort of, I guess, segues into one of the most endearing parts of my story with Tony and I is that uh, Tony took interest in 
my band, my jazz band that I've been singing with for seven years, uh, the Brian Newman uh, quintet, and I, I was so nervous and I, I didn't want anyone to feel as though I was trying to tell them what I thought, you know, that our jazz should sound like, because God knows he's been doing it for 60 years. But, you know, I really believe in these guys. They have a very modern uh, sound. It's very different. It's kind of dirty New York. They play five nights a week in, the, you know, in New York City, all around, the, you know, the kids know them. And I just said, you know, I just want Tony to see and meet the the, the kids that want to be him. You know, that wake up every day and think, man, I want to feel like Tony Bennett today. So I introduced them to him, and he loved them so much, and he loved their music and loved their arrangements, and now they're on the album. And, you know, I could just cry talking about it because he, he just changed their whole life, you know? I mean, he changed all of our lives because they're from that same scene, that scene we don't have, we didn't have any money, but we had cigarettes rolled up in our sleeves, and we had beer and Coney Island and you know, somebody's Buick and we had each other. And and it's like now we have jazz and, and that jazz that we always had we now get to we now get to thank a legend every time we play with him by saying, you know, every horn, every bass line, every piano lick, every time I open my mouth and sing, it's my way of saying, Thank you, Tony, thank you, Tony, thank you. Thank you so much. Because this is what we want to be doing. I don't know quite how to explain it. It's almost like I, you know, Tony sort of leaned over to me and he says, hey, you know, I think you're so talented, but you're not living up to your full potential. There you go. And, That's interesting. Did, you he, know, did he tell you how to live up to your full potential? No. He just said it to me. And, you know, and I looked at him and I just smiled and I said, I know, I said, I know Tony. And he goes, Okay. And then he's, you know, let's go sing some jazz. And the truth is that um, he knew I could take it because I'm a tough girl from New York. And it's like he did the best thing for me by saying that to me. He teaches me by showing me, you know. But he's he'll he tells me how it is, you know. He's and he's and I, you know, I've cried in front of him. I've I've wept while he's held me and said it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. This is just this happened to me too, lady. It's it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, he's he's really he's truly been there for me and in a way that some people were not. People uh, people I never expected wouldn't be there. Tony was. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for calling and talking and and, and singing this these songs. Uh, when I look at them I, I I hear a story. I hear all these things you're talking about that you know, anything goes but but love is 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 the greatest thing you'll ever learn in nature boy and and I can't give you oh, anything yeah. but love and and then lush life is this song by a dreamer this kid who was you know yep. a black gay teenager in Pittsburgh in the 30s and what is this song yep. about this song is a guy imagining his dreams crashing you know and yeah. yet, and that going on that's uh, right but but you know in a funny way i wanted my dreams to crash because if you look throughout history, all the greats, at some point, there is a crash, you know? And so when it happens, it's just how you, how you deal with it, how you, how you climb out of it. It's, and I, I, I feel like jazz is that thing for me. You know, you, you sing as a solo Lush Life. He answers you with Sophisticated Lady. And then and then you get together back and say, yes, but it's all beautiful. But beautiful. Love is yes. all this weirdness. And it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Yes. I love so much that you hear the story on the album of the way that, you know, we did the track listing. 
because that's exactly what we wanted people to feel as a story about love. And that's why we called it Cheek to Cheek, you know, because that's really, isn't that just the most perfect way to to express what it is to really truly be in love? It's when you just, I always say it to Tony, like when we're in the room together, I'll say, oh, I'm not happy unless we're Cheek to Cheek. <laughs> I'm happy that you called, and I'm happy to have met you and gotten to know you, and I hope to see you again. And and I'm you I'm too. really I'm really enjoying uh, all of this. And uh, me so, too, Michael. I can't wait to see you. Uh, I just hope to see you soon, and hope you're doing very well. Well, I walked around in Montreal with that lipstick kiss on my cheek all day. So there you go. Oh wow! Oh, am I a lucky girl? I wish I had told. I had taken a picture. <laughs> Heaven, I'm in heaven And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak And I seem to find the happiness I seek When we're out Together dancing cheek to cheek. I also wrote about cheek to cheek for downbeat of the newsstand on the cover, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Also, there's a digital edition. I talked with uh, Tony Bennett at his atelier. That's the uh, art studio that he keeps overlooking Central Park. He's actually painted the view from the window many times. One of those paintings is in the American Gallery of the National Art Gallery in Washington. We talked about Lady Gaga. He's actually painted Lady Gaga in that very studio. Naked, except for high heels. For charity. There's one song I've never heard before that you sing on here wonderfully called Don't Wait Too Long. Where'd that come from? Well... It's, it's a good song I recorded many years ago. And it's, it's about demographics. You know, I'm 88 and she's 24. So I figured it, it would be a good number to do for her in the show, in the, in the album. My songs go on while yours just begun. Don't wait too long. You are the summer, and I am the autumn. Don't wait too long. My songs are ending, and yours have begun. Don't wait too long. Do you think of it as a continuum, that she's a, a continuum? You know, that, that in a way, just as you have carried on the, the American popular songbook tradition, she is now also the next generation, or this generation, carrying on these same wonderful songs. No, actually, it was, it's just about saying... We're, we're from different eras, but let's get along. The common denominator, though, is still going to be the songs. And, and she's going to introduce Cole Porter and Irving Berlin songs with you to an audience that doesn't know Cole Porter and Irving Berlin songs. Well, my personal feeling about the album is that she is one hell of a jazz singer. She sings different every time she sings. And she's very educated musically. She plays wonderful piano, jazz piano. I really think that everybody's going to say, we had no idea that she sang that well. Because that's how the album came out. There's not one bad side in the whole album. 
She just sang terrific, with good feeling, with good meaning, good intonation, good relationship with her and I. So she's, I'm a big, big fan of hers. You know, she really knows what she's doing. What was the first time you heard her music? Well, we were both doing a, a gigantic benefit. Uh, she was in another room, and I was in one room, and they, it was a, a, all big money people in New York gave money to the poor people of New York. It was gigantic. I think we raised $10 million that night. How did The Lady and the Tramp come about? Did you meet her before that? Is this what you're telling me, this story, before The Lady and the Tramp? Or did you think after that, let's do an album? It was Danny's idea, my son who manages me. He said, let's do Lady is a Tramp. And at first I said, what? You know, what do you mean? And then I realized, God, what a, it's correct. Lady, the lady. In fact, to this day, I don't call her Gaga. I call her Lady. We, we have a good relationship, she and I. She is a singer who comes from this, who lives in a digital world. You're a singer. That was science fiction when you were starting out as a singer. Right. It still is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you really, you came along at the time of the LP, really. You start with the LP. I started with Monoral. Yeah. Which, which is better than all of them. To this day, they sound better than all of them. <laughs> I tell people in concerts, I said, if you don't know what Monaural means, ask somebody old. <laughs> Good. And, and do I'm you... Demographics. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the songs are timeless. The, the songs are timeless. They're ageless. That's right. Well, I, I learned that at the American Theater Wing when I first came out of the Army. I... They gave us an education under the GI Bill of Rights. And the one thing that they taught us at the American Theater was never compromise and never only sing quality. Don't do anything that's going to be forgotten. Don't try and get a hit record. Just sing quality. They said that to the actors and to the singers and the dancers. Always stay with quality. One of the things she talks about is that what she does in her pop art is spectacular, and there is a lot of electronics, and there's a lot of production and all of that, whereas when she sings these songs, she really feels that she is touching her true nature, that these songs bring out your real self. Well, you know, the thing that she kept saying while we were recording these, these songs... She said, I was singing jazz when I was 13 years old and no one would listen to me. And, and, uh, she's, and she feels so great now that she said, she said, and the reason I did an album with her was to communicate to the young people because when you have radio stations across the board, you have, they're all electronic stations. So they don't hear the most wonderful music that was invented by African-Americans called jazz. And it's a lot of fun. And internationally, the jazz festivals are phenomenal. Uh, I have friends of mine from R Romania. 
And they say the biggest thing in Romania every October is a gigantic jazz festival where everyone from Europe comes there and enjoys themselves. The same thing happens in Japan. The same thing happens in Canada. The same thing happens in South America. The rest of the world adores jazz. But unfortunately, the, the reg, radio stations across the board, they have like 600 stations, you know, 60 stations that have white, what I call white music. You have Bruce Springsteen, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, that guy, they're all white. So the corporations don't want to lose the bigoted audience that likes blacks. So they don't mention it. So it's, 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 it's incorrect. It's a bigotry, you know. The, the rest of the world, even though it was invented in the United States and New Orleans, the rest of the world adores jazz. They adore it. So that's the reason we did the album as a jazz album a swinging album with Marion Evans and we've got the best musicians that are on the album. And it's a swinger. And see, there isn't one side in the album that I could say, well, that one is, isn't that, that, that good a song or something. They're all good. The whole album is good. Love is funny or it's sad it's quiet or it's mad it's a good thing or it's bad but beautiful beautiful to take a chance and if you fall you fall But beautiful indeed. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, cheek to cheek. Have you painted her, her portrait? I have, yes. And you did the one for the charity that was the, the, right. the, the nude painting, but, yeah, but no, did, no, did you do other I'm things? I'm sketching her all the time. I'm sketching her all the time. We'll do some paintings with her. In a way, she is an artist like you're an artist, only her canvas is herself. She right. creates illusions and images with herself. That's right. And boy, she is so intelligent about what she's doing. She's a terrific person. and You know what I love about her? She's very close to her mother and father. They're a very close family. And she's, you know, it, her, her success hasn't gone to her head. You know, she's, she's a real person. And uh, she gets it on, you know, and she even said, I'm, she loves working with me. She said, because I'm tired a lot of times of working for 40,000 people a night and all that. And she said, this is so great. She said, I love sometimes when you're performing at Radio City or something like that, that we do something together. You know, I said, well, we're going to do that. And uh, so the, the, there's some great plans coming about. 
when she sang as a surprise with you in, in, in Montreal, she was wearing this beautiful white lace dress. And the next night at the hockey rink for her show, she was wearing what looked like a blue octopus. <laughs> she's, she's so spontaneous. She's so quick. Are there any favorite Lady Gaga outfits? Because that's her. That's one of her things that she does. She creates these amazing, sometimes bizarre, like a you know, a dress full of meat or whatever, you know. But I mean, does that amuse you about her? The 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 surreal thing that she does. Well, I like when she takes her clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> I have that photo with Annie, that Annie Leibovitz took of the two of you in the, in, in this very studio. Frame that, that that's fun. I kept thinking though that you know she's the most surreal artist since Salvador Dali. She's better than him. And he, I kept thinking, and he would be really angry because he wanted to be the most famous painter in the world, and she's a more famous surrealist than he ever was. That's true. <laughs> she hasn't even started yet. Believe me, she's a wonderful artist and a good person. other so deeply that I ask you this sweetheart why should we quarrel ever why can't we be enough clever never to Every time we say goodbye is from the deluxe edition of Cheek to Cheek, the duets of Lady Gaga and uh, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett says they enjoyed singing Cole Porter, and she loves singing Cole Porter so much. They're going to do a whole album of Cole Porter next. The fiddlers have fled Before they ask us to pay the bill And while we still have a chance Let's face the music and dance Thanks to Bobby Green, the editor of Downbeat Magazine. I also wrote about Cheek to Cheek for Downbeat of the newsstand on the cover, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Also, there's a digital edition. Thanks for the help of Sylvia Weiner from the Tony Bennett office. She was Herculean in getting everything, helping us to get everything together for this interview. The indefatigable Simon Rentner produced this special for WBGO and for Downbeat. Thanks especially to Lady Gaga and to Tony Bennett. Singers Unlimited, a podcast from WBGO Studio. When I moved to New York, I could go to, you know, see Dizzy, Carmen McRae, or Nina Simone, or it was like that, to see Miles somewhere, or Freddie Hubbard. What's appealing to me about your voice is not musicality so much as just pure charm. But most of all, yeah. it's about that song. Sing, 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 everybody's taught to sing. Subscribe to the Singers Unlimited podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more at WBGO.org.